We want our coffee in the lobby. We watch our worship on the screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. We want our blessings in our pocket. We keep our mission. W B I T W. You don't know that one? Worst boyfriend in the world. I know one. I was one. Uh, you may have been one yourself, or you know of one. And what can make someone being the worst boyfriend in the world wanting to be the best husband in the world? That's what we tackle in this chapter. Here you go. Chapter 5, W-B-I-T-W, Worst Boyfriend in the World. That's what that stands for. Speaking of truth, I was an a-hole. Okay, depending on who you talk to today, I can still be an a-hole. Just ask any of my uh, family, friends, and uh, fellow citizens. You will find worst boyfriend in the world, W-B-I-T-W, on the opposite end of the soulmate spectrum. If you're to look up soulmate in the thesaurus, yes, worst boyfriend in the world would surely be the antonym. How many guys can claim this award? I'm sure there's a few of you. Better question, how many guys have been voted worst boyfriend in the world but end up marrying the girl? Next question, how many... Worst boyfriends in the world have been married for more than 25 plus years and for the most part are content. Confession time. I was voted worst boyfriend in the world, not just by my wife, but by a high school girlfriend as well. My wife Lainey and I were at my 20th high school reunion. Picture a 100 degree day in small town Minnesota in a sports bar with no air conditioning. I'm not kidding. I don't recall why there was no air. It, it, it went out. Crossing the room and cutting the thick air, I knew I needed to apologize. If it was 70 and comfy, I would still be breaking a sweat. I felt like I was in New Delhi, India on a hot summer day wearing a polyester jumpsuit from the 70s. It had been 20 years and I was taking, well, it was taking me this long to realize my foolish ways, or at least 20 years to have the courage to eat my humble pie and apologize. I was such a selfish jerk, totally full of myself, my needs, as Laney later termed it, a hole equals I was in my world. Anyway, I see Josie from across the room and I ask Laney to come with me. My, right, my heart is racing about 100 miles per hour, sweat dripping down my back like a steaming sauna at the family cabin near Mille Lacs, Minnesota. I find Josie in conversation with her twin sister, Jill. And the conversation goes something like this. Hey, Josie, good to see you. Josie replies, thanks. Me. Um, I just have to say I'm sorry. I was such a jerk. You were so nice. I have so many great memories, and I had to wreck them with my stupidity. I was so immature. I, I feel awful. I, I sincerely apologize. And Josie smiles. She looks at me and goes, that's so funny. 
My sister and I were just talking about how we should wear I'm sorry t-shirts to reunions to apologize to all the classmates we offended. And me, I was like, ah, what a relief. Cool. Hey, thank you for your mercy. I, I, I'm so relieved. So, I, so I'm not alone with this guilt? And she goes, no. Anyway, Lainey looks at Joe and says, don't feel bad, Josie. Tim was far, by far my worst boyfriend. Hmm. Josie pondering about a millisecond. He was my worst boyfriend, too. So to all my past girlfriends, and friends, and family for that matter, I am sorry for my worst moments. Lord have mercy, I am sorry. Lord knows you could probably write your own books. It wouldn't shock me if you all called me worst boyfriend in the world. You know, I, I wasn't just a hypocrite. I was uh, something what we call a hypocristian. So what is a hypocristian? Well, first, it's all there. The blueprint has been there for thousands of years. How ironic that one that does know it best are often the ones that fake it to attempt perfection. So I'm going to repeat that again. How ironic that the ones that should know it best, meaning what's written, are often the ones that fake it to attempt perfectionism. It is a term I call hypocristians which equals Christians that say one thing and do another. The same hypocrites that run some of our churches and have turned more people into atheists than atheists on their own. Strong words, painful words, truthful words. And to my fellow Christian brothers and sisters, it's time that we look in the mirror. For my hypocrites, it is time for you to be real and repent. It's time to heal. And I'm constantly in flow, by the way. So, I mean, I can talk a good game, but I'm not afraid to call myself out. I need to break the chains of perfectionism at times and grow and thrive in the freedom of being real. So going full circle, how does one go from worst boyfriend in the world to a fair to middling husband? A husband that strives to serve his wife and kids? From the epitome of selfishness to be selfless as I can, striving to be a great husband. Well, it starts at Matt 7, 24 through 27. So I'm going to break this up a little bit. Let's pause here for some questions for you. And hopefully you're listening to your spouse. Number one, when were you at your worst as a spouse? This can be tough, tough to answer. But when were you at your worst as a spouse? Pause and discuss. Number two, when were, are you at your best as a spouse? When were, are you at your best as a spouse? Pause and reflect. Number three, what are the common denominators when you are at your best and worst? What are the common denominators? What's going on in your life at that time? Are you stressed? Are you under the influence? What's going on? Recognize the common denominators. Can you name them? If not, I bet your spouse can. Pause and discuss. So continuing to pick on me, because I know sometimes you feel a bit convicted, right? Listening to this, maybe not. Maybe your pride's in the way, but keep in mind, for me, I grew up 
going to church every Sunday. In confession, I was going through the motions like many of you are now, or maybe just not going at all now. And I went because my parents made me. That might resonate with some of you. And I grew up in a church that seemed more concerned about looking good versus truly serving. Do you know a church like that? Did you grow up in a church like that? And while you can tell, I wasn't growing spiritually. I was growing in the spirit of me. By the way, you you can still go to a great church and this is just the phase that you're in, right? But for me, maybe it was a combo factor, but I, I definitely was selfish. And I had the same epidemic of many people in my country and for that world, for the, for that matter, Christians and non. So to conclude this chapter, well, you stick with the book. You'll, you'll, you'll hear the rest of the story and, and, um, the path to change and still working on change. It's interesting. The word repent, I never really liked it, but really what it means is just change your mind. And if I continued that path, if I didn't change my mind, well, we wouldn't still be together today. That's the truth, Ruth. And I'm still working at this. As you'll hear in uh, some future chapters about the financial struggles and the ups and downs and pretending things were perfect or burying my head in the sand, that didn't work. And whatever it is that you're struggling with or that you need to change, sometimes you need extra help too. Sometimes you can do it on your own. Anything is possible with God, but also God teaches us that we need to lean on others. And that means professionals and therapists and doctors and coaches to get us through some of the stuff that we can't do on our own. So if you're able and you're with your spouse, ideally, would you bow your heads and pray? Heavenly Father, ah, forgive me for my worst days. And I know I've earned that label many of times. And there's other times I, I, I really do strive to do better. Let me set this listener free. We're all flawed. We're all flawed. And if our spouse is per- expecting perfection, well, that's that's a flaw too, isn't it? Anyway, I just, again, thank you for Matt 7, 24 through 27. And if the listener doesn't know what that is, to Google it, look it up. Just the teachings that the storms will come. And we best be real. And we best change our minds at times and change our behavior when we need to. And seek help and guidance when we need to. For it is definitely the key for any relationship to last. Grace, mercy, forgiveness. But also love. The greatest of those love and part of loving is changing our behavior and those things that get the worst out of us and at least mitigating it the best we can. May the listener better recognize it. May I better recognize it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.